kicks it out towards the big ruck when Thomas was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck, handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Cole Martin. And he slammed through his first on the bending over his grass. Who's going to claim the ball that's just falling out of hand? Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. Never bet against the champion. Ringwood and Vermont show us why they're still the teams to beat. Meanwhile, Mitchum, Glen Waverley, Knox and a few others got their seasons off and running. Welcome to the Eastland Monday Recovery. I'm Matthew Foddy and joining me today, Ryan Long, Josh Ward and Raymond Baird. Gentlemen, how are we after a big weekend um, or a big Saturday football? We've still got a few games to go, but it would have been very exciting. Ryan, you're out with me at Doncaster. You'd be refreshed and ready to go. Yeah, exactly. They did a pretty good job with the ceremony before. I think Anzac Day round's probably one of my favourites to go for for the local footy and you know even on Friday night at the Ringwood game I think it's just yeah, a, a really busy, good thing mate. that the community do with honouring yeah it has been busy you've been busy and you sound busy Josh <laughs> you were out at the women's game mate and we've got the you know yeah. we'll talk about the women's podcast later on but you'd be exci- you the atmosphere at Whitehorse would have been exciting yeah it was great it was great to see a bit, a bit of a crowd there build up um for the women's game it was great to see women's footy back in the eastern suburbs as well and Ray you're out watching Roeville mate you've seen a couple of Premier Division games now you'd be pretty excited about the Hawks oh I'm very excited about the Hawks sitting up on top of the ladder but look the first thing I want to say is to you, the improvement at Quamby Reserve, you know, the ground itself and the surroundings, you know, uh, all accolades go to the council and the football club because it's a fantastic, uh, you know, a reserve out there at the moment, yes. Absolutely. Let's jump straight into it, though. We'll jump into Division 1 because Beaconsfield are off the mark. They're off and running, Ray. They got a big win in the end over Bayswater by 38 points, 14-4 to 6-14, so some inaccuracy helping them out there. Five goals came off the boot of Joshua Smith uh, for Beaconsfield and, and Tanner Stanton, one of their recruits, and obviously Stanton is a famous name in the eastern suburbs nowadays in, in the footy circles, was in the best players. We've got Mick Fogarty on the line. Mick, it's been a long time since you've spoken to us. You're in different colours, mate, but you'd be a, a happy man this morning. Yeah, they're actually the same colours, blue and gold. Oh, of course they are too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, that's been a while, but yeah, great to be back in the AFL and um, yeah, celebrate our first win yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. Straight into it, mate. I guess, how have the club and the boys, you know, enjoyed their first month or so? Obviously, you played a couple of practice matches as well. So, first five or six weeks being an Eastern Football Netball League club, have they enjoyed it? Obviously, 8-0 in 2021, and now you, you know yep. you've had to fight for a win this, this time around. Has it been enjoyable? Oh, absolutely. It really embraced the fact that we're in a, a strong competition and, and we're challenged every week. And, and looking at uh, Division 1, Last year and over the last couple of years, it's it's been so even. And you know, to prepare for Eastern Division One, we know every week's going to be a challenge, and um, you just got to be in the game for the whole four quarters. And that's easier said than done because you're challenged by these sides um, at Division One level. So we were, you know, pretty good for the two and a half, three quarters yesterday, and, and we come away with a really strong win, which was. A reward for the effort of the boys over the last couple of weeks. We've been there about, but we just hadn't had that consistency the four-quarter footy. And, and yeah, we terrific yesterday. A good reward for the for the boys. Ray Baird here, Mick. G'day, mate. How hey, are you? Hey, Good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome back to the EFNL, mate, and congratulations on your win yesterday. You must yeah. have been really, really happy the way the boys jumped out of the blocks with six goals to three behind in the first quarter. Oh, we were, and it was a real strong focus, Ray, for the boys to be able to get out and really apply some scoreboard pressure to the opposition. Um, we hadn't been able to do that. Our last couple of weeks, we've 
like Bayswater yesterday, we've been really inaccurate and not been able to, to hit the scoreboard and to kick six straight like that. I, even I couldn't believe it. You know, we were, you know, terrific and and yeah, full, 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 uh, fully prepared in that second quarter where um, uh, Bayswater come at us. But, yeah, it was a really pleasing first quarter, mate. And you obviously, you know, coach at the higher level with down there at Noble Park. But now, now you're down to uh, Division 1, mate. Have you, have you been surprised with the pressure and the, and the speed the ball moves up and down the ground in that division? Not really. That's what we expected, Ray. Look, um, you're right. Look, Premier football's a, a class above Division 1. But Division 1, what I've noticed so far, is still... Yeah, bloody competitive, strong, strong footy and, and bigger bodies. And you're right, the ball does move very quickly. So we expected that was going to be the case. And yeah, we're, we're just finding our way at, at Division 1 at the moment and just hoping to consolidate and, and get a few wins and, and see where the second half of the year takes us. I think we'll be better prepared that second half. But yeah, we, we, we fully expected what it was going to look like, mate. Mick, Josh Ward here. Um, you must have been relieved getting that win this weekend after losing only just in your first two encounters against Wanturna South and Moorbark. Yeah, look, it's just more reward for the guys because, um, like I said, in those first two, we were, we were right in the game and um, in both games. To a certain extent, probably Moorbark had our measure. But the Wanturna South game, full credit to Wanturna South again, you know, they, they, in the second half, they just completely outplayed us around the footy. But it was just more reward for our group to, to be able to come away with a win and know we can compete at this level. Um, but just that, like I said earlier in the conversation, you just got to be in the in the game for the whole four quarters and maintain a really strong concentration level. And, yeah, it was just, again, so pleasing to get a, a, the result yesterday. Uh, Mick, there was a massive difference between the last two weeks just on uh, goal kicking. Six six goals, 15 yep. last week against Marulbuck, now 14-4. Was that anything you addressed during the week? Did you work on any goal kicking or was is it just the way the way the game happened and the boys were able to capitalise? Yeah, I think it was just the way it rolled, Maddie, to be honest, because, um, look, we did speak about goal kicking and taking opportunities. It's more about, yeah, when you're playing against these, these sides, it's, it's scoreboard pressure and being able to to reward the work from the boys up the ground. And I, I don't think it was anything too too severe in regards to us being uh, missing missing over the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, it was just the way it rolled yesterday, which was terrific. And uh, Lockie Valentine's had a, a really good start to the year. I think he's been in the best uh, all three games. Uh, can you just tell us just sort of the influence he has on the field? Oh, look, Lockie's, you know, only 20. He's, he's one of our young players that's had a terrific start to his footy senior footy career. He works really hard down back. He, he competes really well in his one-on-ones and also offensively he gives us a really good drive out of our back half. So um, he's another kid that's come to our juniors who is, yeah, really making the transition to, to senior footy well at this stage. Mick, Home Park is a, is a massive surface. I think it's now the biggest yeah. in the league. And how do you yeah. think clubs have adapted to it. Obviously, Bayswater's ground's pretty big themselves, but do you think clubs, yep. you, you can get a hop on them, especially, you know, there's obviously a big wind tunnel too, sometimes out the southeast suburbs as well. Do you think the conditions can give you a chance at home to, to maybe jump teams like you did yesterday? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, it, it, it is a big ground, obviously, and having said that, we, we play a lot of the sides in Division 1 whose grounds are uh, whilst they mightn't be as big as Beaconsfield, but they're they're fairly big. So so if you look at 
you know, even Noor Bark and, and Bayswater, as you said. East Ringwood's a, a, a good Croydon's size. pretty big. Um, yeah, Croydon's good. So it's, it's a really good point. I'm, I'm not sure. We'd, we'd like to think that. We'd like to think more of the fact that as your home ground, you like most clubs in, in the comp, would, would like to think they've got an advantage. But, yeah... I'll tell you in, a, in another six weeks or so, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and then in terms of Bayswater yesterday, the last quarter they kicked one goal, one goal five, and we've talked about your goal kicking. Would you put yep. that down to your, your team's defensive pressure and maybe the shots you were giving them because they had six shots, but were they from the yep. pocket or was it bad kicking from them? Oh, it's a bit of both. Um, they were really challenged just in the last quarter and, you know, we were wary of the fact that whilst we had a fairly... Uh, you know, about a four or five goal break at three quarter time. We just couldn't save the game, and, and this is what I've been talking about: our concentration and our ability to to make sure that we don't let the opposition get away from us. And and Basie really threatened us in that last quarter, and we just really needed uh, probably just one goal to really settle the side. And it, it, it came after about eight or nine minutes where Bayswater, like I said, really had peppered the goals and, and gave themselves every opportunity to, to, to stay in the game. But we got one back and then it, then we got another one and, it, yeah, it was it was sort of game over. But full credit to Bayswater, they really come at us. They come at us after quarter time. Really. Joel, Joel Gelvin was terrific in that, that second quarter. He really got Bayswater going with his strength around the contest. He was in the ruck. He was a fifth midfielder. He was just everywhere. And full credit to him and, and Bayswater for nearly getting, a, yeah, getting back into the game. Mick, I have to ask you a question about Mick Fogarty, the man, mate. You know, you've been around the, the Eastern Footy League and, and the other league as well for a long, long time, mate. Has the passion yep. wavered for you as a coach? Because I still feel that I still got feel that uh, excitement in your voice when you talk about your players. Oh, look, Ray, it's 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 in build. I, I'm waiting for the day where I wake up and it's not there, but it's it's you know I'm 55 and I'm I'm loving it. Oh, you're only a boy, mate, compared to. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, mate. I'm only a boy, but yeah, oh, look, I, I love it, Ray, and I just just love being around the footy clubs and, and, and just to get back into to Eastern, um, you know, like you said, I've, I've, I've had a fair, fair run at it over the last 10 or so years, but yeah, just loving every bit of, of being a, at the footy club and, and coaching and, and everything it brings, and as you know, it's had its ups and downs, and you know, you're right. Every wave, and it's, it's just a, just loving it, mate. Absolutely loving it. Well, Mick, we can, uh, yeah, definitely loving it more after a win. And like you said, hopefully for you guys, it comes more and more in the second half of the year. Thanks for joining us on the Monday Recovery, mate. Go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for the, appreciate it, guys. Mick Fogarty there, the former Noble Park coach. I almost caught myself there, there, Ray. Beaconsfield coach. Got their first win on the board. And, and look, maybe, and you can see there the way Mick was talking. I think a lot of us, and myself included, knowing Mick and then knowing yeah. Beaconsfield, probably expected him to come straight in and, and slot in. But as you said, he's got to adjust to, to not only the level of competition, but also their team's got to adjust to the fact that they can't drop off for a quarter. Yeah, and over the years, I've really loved talking to Mick because, you know, some coaches, they don't want to tell you anything. But, look, every time we've spoken to Mick, you know, over the years, he, he tells you everything you want to know about that He's very open with what he does. Absolutely. So, Beacons will get their first win, get off and running, and, and I still think they can they can push once they get things going. And, and, you know, as we've talked to a lot of coaches, clubs that have been successful in some of the in either other leagues or lower divisions, yeah. they haven't learnt to play four quarters because they haven't had to. So, once they do that, and we know Mick likes to get his teams doing that, right? once they do that, they'll be right around the mark. Murrubach, though, had beaten Beaconsfield previously. They beat them last round, and they got another win at home. 
This one by 15 points, but again, it looks like they, you know, Montrose were in it third quarter, uh, Murrumba kicked four goals to nothing, and that's probably where the game was won. So I guess you take out of this, Murrumba are undefeated still, Ray, they're, they're looking pretty impressive, but De Montrose, Gary Ayers will be sitting there ruining that third quarter, because other than that, they were pretty much going toe-to-toe with one of the premiership contenders. Well, look, I, I've had big reps on Montrose to, you know, to win the flag in this division, a bit, uh, so that, to me, for Murrumba to win that game and to hold Montrose in the premiership quarter, the third quarter, to hold them scoreless, that's a huge win for Murrumba, and they've put a statement out now that, you know, be aware, because we're, we're ready to play anybody. I think there's probably, if you want to look at the division, if you want to break it down, I think East Ringwood and Moorbark are probably that, just that step ahead of a, a Montrose and a Croydon. But uh, I, they're still in that s- sort of spot that, you know, that they can play finals if they, uh, like if they can, you look at their next four, I think they've got Upper Gully. Well, Beacon they should have an easy ru- easier run Lillido, because they've yeah. played East Ringwood and Moorbark in the opening three rounds, lost to both by two, three kicks. So there's some good signs there. But and you do, they do, do, will they play Twice or three times? They they will play Rubak twice before the sort of term because they've brought one of their games forward to Queen's birthday. Yep. So in the end, if they can if they can catch them before the halfway break, they've run home Montrose. They might hit the finals, given that they'll probably play Rubak and East Ringwood and Wanny South all before the end of June. Okay. They, they might actually hit the back end of this, the season with some real momentum. Um, and as we know, momentum could be big in finals footy. Josh, Jai Jordan. He's, uh, he had a little bit of break footy. He was a junior prodigy, you know, one of those kids that was built built like the proverbial brick um, shithouse before before everyone else was. But he's kicked. He's come back and he's providing a goal-scoring option from Ruck. He's kicked eight goals in three games, kicked four yesterday. He adds another dimension to Murabak. He does, and it's it, it, it'll be a relief as well for Aaron Mullet, who, you know, he had to put he had to kick pretty much all the goals for uh, for the Mustangs in recent years. But he's done really well, eight, eight goals in the first three games and couldn't have scripted a better start for him. Absolutely. And then for Montrose, it's, uh, he's a pretty impressive fellow, Bailey White. I don't think he's that old. He kicked five goals in a best-on-ground performance. So he's one to watch there. And, and, and yes, I, I, like Ryan points out there, Montrose will just keep tabs on him because I think the wheel might start turning as they play some more winnable games. One turn to south is a side that Montrose have beaten with uh, by one point, despite Wanty South having a kick after the siren. Uh, the Devils just did as the Devils should have done there against Upper Gully, Josh. Not really too much to talk about in this one. 15-12 to 10-4. Um, Upper Gully kicking straight, you know, not the worst result in the world for them. They, they kept pace, really, with the Devils until the last quarter. So, you know, some good signs for Luke Tynan's men, but a good win yeah, for the Devils. It's a really good win. And, yeah, they'll they'll take a lot out of this, I reckon, Upper Fern Tree Gully, because, yeah, their first couple of weeks they've been a bit disappointing. But, yeah, it's um it's a much tighter performance against a, a much better side. I think one turn of South are probably a better side than they were last year at this time. So to, to I mean, taking out the last quarter to be within a, a few goals, you know, there's a lot of positives to take. And obviously, they had a few more goal kickers this time. Bailey kicked three, Flanagan two. So, you know, that, oh, that's what they need to because they probably struggled to score. We spoke about, you know, Beaconfield, they're going to gain a bit of momentum. And I think one turn of South are a side that, too, as the season goes along, they're going to get better because they're really well coached. And, uh, you know, I think that they will improve as the season And they're 2-1 and one already, too. They're, so they're 2-1 right. so without hitting their straps. They're with them, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And another side that's 2-1 and one is, unfortunately, Croyd. I mean, we go back a few years, too, uh, Maddie. You know, that, that was a fortress down at one turn of South. So that you can probably, for the most of the rest of the season... Because it's a you unique can, ground, isn't you it? Can pencil in, uh, you can pencil in... 
pencil in most wins at home for them going forward. Yeah, Steve Cochran's appointment's probably just gone under the radar, hasn't it, with all the with all the news? He got appointed and then what did we have? We've had two pandemics. Oh, yeah, not two pandemics, a pandemic. Yeah. And then Mick Fogarty's coming to stolen his thunder run. So <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor bloke sitting there. Uh, Croydon are two and one as well. But, you know, I, I expected them to drop right off the ball this year. But they've actually um, impressed, you know. And only lost to East Ringle by 13 points. They were scrappy in rounds one and two. You know, Ludo had more scoring shots than should have won by reports. Bayswater pushed them right to the limit. But as we heard from Mick, Bayswater are a pretty decent side. Um, and then again, only seven points down at three-quarter time. East Ring would kick three goals, one to, to their two-goal one. So, again, East Ring went undefeated. They're just doing enough at the moment, Ryan, which is impressive. But what about Corey? Have they impressed you more than you expected so far this year? Um, that they have, and I think they're doing just enough to, to be in it. I mean, that first game against Lilydale, look, it doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you get the four points. And, I mean, I, th- I think it was East Ringwood. This is the sort of game that they played last year, that that real tight defensive game is close, and you feel like if they needed to, they could step into another gear and, and kick away like they did against Mitchum last week. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see both farmers um, in the best, and that's sort of the you know, maybe the cherry on top this year of... If they yeah, win the flag, it is inaccuracy killed it killed Croydon again. They had five behinds in that third quarter, and they kicked six goals, ten in the game. So they had more scoring shots. They could have won again. They could have won, but yeah, it's um, they'll take a bit out. They'll again take a bit out of this. Adrian Ficker really stepping into his brother's shoes there. Ray. He's not known as a, a goal kicker, but kicked three goals no. from the midfield. It's an impressive performance. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention the Ficarelli. You know, uh, he's gone up, he's gone elsewhere, and you know, they, they've lost a lot of firepower, Croydon, this yeah. year to what they've had in, you know, prior to COVID. You know, but uh, look, uh, they'll hang in there. They're a side that's always competitive, and particularly at home, they're hard yeah. to beat out there. They're well, they're well coached, Croydon, and, and yeah. you can say you're right. Their firepower is probably the thing that in 2019 and, and even right. last year was a thing that put them into the Premiership contention. So they'll definitely win more games than they lose, but this might that's lack of scoring power might be the issue yeah. um, as, as the season wears on. And then the final game of this division, Mitchum and Lillardale, actually an interesting one in terms of the ebbs and flows. Lillardale, once again, inca- inaccurate kicking cost them, Josh. And they really, you know, 12 points up at three-quarter time, but they had, what was it, they kicked four goals, eight to, to three goals three in that third term. So really, a couple more of those go through the big sticks. They should be out in front by 20-odd mm-hmm. points at three-quarter time. Got run down. Jake Parenti kicked five for Mitchum, as he does each week. But, look, dodged a bullet, the Tigers, because 0-3 would have been not diabolical, but it would have been pretty disappointing. So they got the win, but on paper, it looks like we weren't there. Probably should have been further in front. Yeah, that's an, that's another loss where they should have won but didn't win against a dec- against the side which is in the mid which I predicted would be in the mid range but yeah Jake Parenti great performance yet again nine goals these last couple of weeks and um, the last couple of games and but yeah it's it's disappointing for Lilydale they if they'd kicked a lot more straight a lot more straighter against Corin and Mitchum they would they could have potentially been three and, three and zero and we could have been talking about them being a finals contender even. And there's been a bit of rivalry over the years between these two clubs as mm-hmm. well. And uh, look, uh, my, my uh, knowledge that's come out of the, out of Mitchum from the people I know, they're, they're not expecting big things this year. It's more of a co- uh, consolidation year for Mitchum. But to get this win against Lidale, well, that will certainly uh, might change their minds a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think in their head they probably should have they should have beaten a side like Lidale by six or seven goals, Ryan, before the season. Yeah. But maybe maybe Lidale have improved. Uh, I think yeah. Lidale have have changed uh, dramatically since last year, and I think that's with the new coach. I think they've got a uh, sort of a different look on on the game as what they did last year, different sort of game style, and um, 
Uh, look, I've been impressed with Beckwith. Beckwith uh, kicked, has kicked 11 already so far in the three games. They've been able to find a few more goal kickers. Um, I, I think they're... I think they'll push that. I won't play finals, but I think they're in that sort of that middle bracket where I think what are they? Are they one and two at the moment? I yeah, they're one and two. So at the moment, you've got if you've got ten teams in Division One, Upper Gully, unfortunately, and we don't mean any disrespect, but they 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 look penciled in for rock bottom. Yeah, you've then got Moorabark and East Ringle, We think penciled in for top two. Yep, and then you've got three, the, four, five is up for grabs. Now you would say the front runners for those spots are Croydon, Montrose, and Wonturner South. But Beaconsfield, I think, can get on a roll, and if they get things motoring, we'll, we'll push for finals. And then you've also got, you know, Bayswater have been impressive each week. Like you said, Lourdes have improved, and Mitchum finished sixth last year. So I think the race for the the last spot in the five is going to be pretty interesting in and, Division One. Yeah, and we haven't seen that much of. I mean, Mitchum, who they play, they they played the top. So they played Murrumbuck and East Ringwood. Yeah. So yeah. you'd expect them to get on a bit of a run when they play some sides around there like Lilydale around their sort of area. And that's why that win yesterday was so important, Ray, yeah. because the fixture, as much as everyone plays everyone, especially in this division, everyone plays everyone twice, but timing can be key. We'll talk about the basin exactly. later. Yeah. You know, for example, they're only on two points after three games against, albeit three good teams, but yeah. it, no momentum. So if Mitchum had lost this game, 0-3, despite having played the top two sides, it's just hard to get going if you don't get an early win. But I'm, I'm not going to go there with a crystal ball like you are at no. this stage because, as you say, this division, <laughs> year tight. in, year out, it's always tight. And, look, there's going to be one of those bottom three at the moment who's going to get on a run and they're going to, look, it could be completely topsy-turvy by the time we turn halfway through the season. Absolutely. We're going to go to our first break here on the Eastland Monday Recovery. But before we do, quick shout-out to the female footy focus, which is coming this Wednesday, Josh. Mm. So, you know, we don't have time, unfortunately, to talk about all the women's footy. So we're <laughs> going to create its own podcast <laughs> led by uh, Josh Warden and another couple of members of the media team. So listen out for that one in your podcast feeds coming Wednesday. Uh, on the other side of this break, we'll talk about Premier Division and Division 2, where Vermont and Ringwood flex their muscles again. Goes long, inside 50. Coming down just about half forward through the hands. Going inside 50. They've got to try and get their hands on this. Finn Brown, brilliant. Can he kick the goal? Finn Brown, he has! David Lager, he must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and and took him out. And he's, he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the- yeah, we've already spoken about the Tigers, though. They got their first win. But we're on to Premier Division now here on the Monday Recovery brought to you by Eastland. It'll be released on a Tuesday, though, this week. So so a bit more interesting. Let's jump straight into Vermont and Norwood. Um, you know, at the start of the year, a lot of us, me included, saw Vermont Sliding and saw Norwood rising past them, but and at quarter time I was sitting pretty, um, sitting pretty there. Forty points to two, Norwood had in that first quarter. But the old champion, they they die hard, don't they, Ray? Uh, Vermont just just kept chipping at it back, keep chipping at it back. Brought it back to two goals at half time. That was their big quarter, you know. Held firm in the third. With, I think obviously there was a scoring end because Norwood were able to extend their lead. But look, come back, win again. And and to be honest, Vermont will take the win. I still think that they're they're just hanging on, not not in terms of like that game, but in terms of you know their, their star players are still the ones you know. If you look at Ross, Johns, and Arnott, I know Arnott's new, but he's an experienced player. They're the best three players for them. The story here is Nord's inability to to take their chance and strike down the champion when they're wobbling. 
Yeah, look, it certainly was a good comeback by Vermont, that's for sure. I heard that score halfway or just after three-quarter time, and I thought, oh, Norwood's going to win this game. But you, you, Well, it was a chance to make a statement, wasn't it? it was, At the quarter it time, was. you're thinking, let's really pummel these blokes and yeah. show everyone in the comp we mean business. Yeah, yeah, but then you look at the score each quarter. I think you know that one end must have been the scoring mm. end because all, most of the goals were. Well, kicked. Vermont kicked twelve of their yeah, thirteen to 13 one end from that end. So, so look, but look, uh, no, Marty Pasch, he'd be disappointed with that the finish in that game because, you know, as we said, it looked like they had the chocolates. Yeah, no, you're right, and um, I think with Vermont, they just they just constantly get the job done. And it's hard to tip against them because they're always. Yeah, they, they always seem to surprise you. And last week, they probably just go over the line against Doncaster East. And I think probably the concern is if, if you lose a Lockheed Johns during the year, um, they're, they're quite young around the ground. So I don't know if they're going to be able to cover him and or, or a Ross, a Robbie Ross. Or, and obviously, Arnett's um, obviously quite a lot, very experienced. Only been in the club for for this year. but Two um, weeks. Yeah, so yeah, they, they don't have a much of that, that experience list. But what they've got there... Uh, some of the best players in the in the division. It's still very talented that list, and yeah, now, yeah. We I think we all tipped on the Friday on the on the weekend forecast Norwood to get the win, but yeah, never never tip against the champion, and that was a, that's a very impressive win for Vermont. It it will give them confidence as well, knowing they it, it, and and it reestablish I reckon their their aspirations to be up there come to come the end of the season. Yeah, I think the only thing Adam Parker will probably be a little bit disappointed about is the fact that. Uh, that's two weeks in a row that they've given teams a big quarter. So I think against Doncaster East, the second quarter, Doncaster East kicked six goals in a row. And then obviously this week, Norwood got out in the first quarter. So that'll be something to address because you don't want to just keep getting by by these miraculous comebacks or, or in the case of that Doncaster East game, you know, a really ebbed and flow game. I think they'll want a more consistent effort across the board. But they're 2-0 and and they've played two likely final sides, Ray. So exactly. we, yeah. we've got we to yeah. stand back and, and, and clap them and, and probably go to Vermont and, and apologise from, from my <laughs> point of view for maybe riding them off, not riding them off completely, but, but having them slide so far down. But we're so used over the years, Matty, for, for Vermont to win games by huge margins, mm. you know, and they haven't done that. You know, they've just got over the line in both games. It will be know. interesting to see as the year progresses, you know, because, you know, again, we're all just going off what we predict as well. Because yeah, yeah. a result around the ground means that the team I've got in seventh, Park Orchards, might actually be a finals contender because they've knocked off Baldwin at home. And for those of us, none of the, uh, well, Ray was at the Anzac Day game. Baldwin at full strength, and I think they were full strength once again. They were, I think Goebbels was missing, um, and that's about it from, from what I can see. The big names out. They were at full strength again. They were super impressive, Anzac Day. I thought, geez, they're the benchmark. And the new boys, Park Orchards, come out and kick six goals in the last quarter and said, see you later, taking the four points home. Well, Rodney Ead must be scratching his head because they'd let it every break except the final siren. So, you know, that, that would be disappointing in that regard. But, uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Park Orchards. You know, it's... Uh, uh, they've come out of the blocks, you know, in the first two games, and uh, and they've certainly put a statement out there. Where there, you, you knock us off, we're the new boys on the block. But uh, have a go at us, and good luck to them too. You know, that that's right. That, that, look, I must say, look, I, I was again bringing sides up without win premierships. I'm very old fashioned, but I have nothing against the clubs. Good luck to them. You got to make the most of it, and they're certainly making the most of it. And we spoke spoke so much about the the holy trinity of uh, Baldwin, but clearly Park Orchards probably has. Ob- just as many uh, options up forward, I and mean, you had five five players there to kick more than one goal. Um, and you look at the list that right now, no one's. You probably haven't got the. They're not as talented as maybe a a, a Haley or a of a, a, a Goebbels that 
Um, you say that yeah. Charlie Haley's a gun, yeah. And I, 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 one of my, one of my notes is that he's probably the best forward in the comp. But Michael Prosnak, when he's fit, yeah. kicks goals, yeah. yeah. And like he kicked three again last year. I think there was a stage where he played three games yeah. and had eighteen goals. But he's also been a goal kicker for a long time. That's what I mean. All the seasons. way through the divisions, That's he's right. a proper That's Park right. Orchards yeah. boy. He's the skipper. Yeah. Yeah. But like you say. Yeah. They've got a lot of options, yeah. but they do... Like, Connor Hickey last week against North Ringwood kicked six. Again, when we talk about North Ringwood, they've obviously got a bit of a leaky defence, but still, he can kick yeah. a bag. Dennis Armfield, I watched the highlights and the footage that game. He's still motoring. He's one of those players, when you get to local footy, that it's not there's a retired great, and I don't mean yeah. to disrespect Dennis. He played a lot more AFL games than I did. But he's just... He came out of footy at an age where he still had the passion and the hunger. He's not doing it because yeah. it's the only thing he knows. So when he's running around the ground, like we watched Mark Jamer at thirty nine, Dennis yeah. Hartfield's early thirties. He's still, he's still a cut he's still above. Got a few yeah. more years. You know, he's kicking at fifty five. It's not like his yeah. legs are going. Yeah. And they brought in Andreas Everett. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's they're star sided as well. Yeah. The big thing I think Park Orchard will take out of this game, and I thought prior to the to the first bounce that the small ground Baldwin would have been able to strangle mm. Park Orchard because he used to plan out there at Domley with his big wide open spaces. But no, look, uh, they've obviously done the job, and uh, and as I said before, good luck to Park Orchards. It's a great win. Yeah, it's um. I was a bit surprised when I saw that final scoreline. But, yeah, an impressive spread of goal kickers. And, yeah, they've shown a bit these first couple of weeks of the Sharks. Yeah, absolutely. So, credit to them. I think they sit just behind Roville on the ladder, Ray. Just yes, behind yes, Roville. Who, that, who got another pumping win. So, two two games so far for Roville. Two big wins by, you know... Obviously, the Noble Park one wasn't in terms of points. But it was a big win, in fact, that a lot of people... Myself included, had Noah Park in the top two. One question I have to ask you, Matty. I'm copping a lot of flack in the first two weeks. Who was the member of the radio media team that predicted Noble Park to be premiers and Roble to finish on the bottom? Because I'm getting accused. I, I got. Uh, I think. It, I think it was Josh. Well, yeah, I'm getting I think accused. Uh, we both. Oh, we, we both, both had Roble last. I'm getting so. accused these right. weeks. So now I right. know who it is. These two <laughs> sitting to your left and now right. Now I know who they are. So there you go. So all the Roble people out there, it's not me. I've told you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, that, look, that, oh, yeah, look, oh, Roval are travelling fantastic. Whether or not they can keep it up for the rest of the season, that's another thing. How many, how many players, because a lot of the thing is that they'll lose both of VFL, how many players that played yesterday are on VFL lists? Uh, probably three or four. Yeah. And do they yeah. expect that they'll play a lot of VFL? Or, oh, they'll or play some. They're, they're all on the on the Frankston list. I okay. thought they were at Box Hill, but most of them were at Frankston. But uh, no, look, it, but it wasn't so much those guys. It was the other guy. Look, Nick Showmaker's in the ruck. He absolutely dominated. And he got a midfield with Frawley and Brolick and, and, mm. and these guys in there. You know, they're getting first use of the ball. That That's going to win you every game. I think they found a gem as well in Maverick Taylor. He's kicked seven goals, seven goals in the first two games. As well, right? I'm glad you mentioned him. Not only has he kicked seven, but Matty Davey has moved off the wing as a small forward, and he's kicked seven in the last two games as well. So they've got two key forwards there now, and uh, they got, they're on fire down there. What, what about Ben Wise? you think he's starting to feel a bit more comfortable with his feet under the desk? Because jo- the John Brown, his predecessor, had done uh, some pretty good work with Roville. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of work there, Brownie. That's for sure. No, no. Ben Wise, I think, he, he's a very quiet character. Doesn't say a lot, even his, at his, uh, you know, addresses, addresses at quarter time and a half and three quarter time but no look I, I, you'd have to be very happy with the way they're going but they, they've got a couple of tough matches coming up they, uh, yeah, I think they've got Baldwin and South Croydon the next two so that'll tell where they are they've already beaten Noble Park though so yeah. you yeah. know maybe we, we have to 
these two especially, right? Yeah. Have to recalibrate <laughs> well, where they've got Robo. That's right. It's an interesting discussion point. Quickly, Doncaster East, they won comfortably, and Ryan James would be disappointed because in the last quarter, that what they kicked Ryan, they kicked what? They had a lot of the ball. Should have um, been a much bigger They lost margin. the quarter, so Doncaster kicked 1 5 to, to 4 behind. So they really should have pushed out and got some percentage. But interesting thing pre-game that Ryan James spoke about was that he wants to take Doncaster East from this level, where they were, where they you know they dominated Division One, should have gone up, they didn't get the chance because of the restructure, yeah. then won it again, and then he wants to take them from that where they could train. He the way he I took it, Ray, and I don't know if you were different, Ryan, is that he thought that they were going at about eighty five percent at all times, yeah. could step it up when they wanted, but at training and so on, they'd found they were winning so consistently there was almost just. They were just sort of in a rut. And then last year they got found out because they couldn't get themselves out of that. Not to say they weren't trying or they weren't a talented team, but they were so used to winning that when they were losing, they were like, oh, we we need to step it up. He's trying to do that. And it's a discussion point about the same with John Brown as well, that certain coaches can only get you so far. And when they get there, sometimes committees have to make the tough decision. And I'm sure Doncaster East would have, you know, Steve Buckle is a fantastic yes, coach and yeah. there'd be clubs all over the league that want to get yeah. their hands on him. But he took them as far as he could and Doncaster East, to their credit, had the balls to go, you know what, Steve, thank you very much for your effort, but we need to go from here to here and we don't think you can do it. And Ben Wise might be another example of that. I know it was a different circumstance, but John Brown had got them to that yes. elimination final. Yes. They couldn't quite exactly. get past it. Exactly right. I'm not saying they'll do it this year, but maybe Ben Wise okay. and Ryan James That's are the right. coaches to pick those Matty, two teams this up. this is the same thing we spoke about on pre-match on, on uh, Good Friday, but we were talking not about coaches, about clubs. Mm. You know, Some clubs are only going to go so high. They're never going to play in Premier. We know, And the clubs know that themselves. So they'll find their own level. This I, can, I think this I can. I think they can play finals. Doncaster East? Yeah, Doncaster East. And just looking at the list, they've got so much talent. That midfield, um, Appleby was just a, a, an absolute beast inside bull. the ball. But yeah, he was a bull. And defensively, he was just as good. He was able to back that up. Um, and I think as, as good as they were yesterday, there's so much more improvement that can come from that. And, you know, obviously he talked about the uh, the way they wanted to move the ball a bit differently and, and start hitting up targets. And uh, they, they did that very well. Um, and when you have... Blokes like Rowe, uh, who else was there? Scala. Um, you had Heath on the half forward line. They just had so many options, and you know they, you know, a forty-five point win probably should have been should probably should have been about a hundred. That's what it and sort of felt like. That, they might rue that later because of the performances of Rowe, yeah. Josh, and clubs around them. You know, Brewer impressed in round one, and Ray's going to go watch them today. They may impress again in round two. That percentage might decide sixth. It, it probably will. It's. It, I did. I didn't watch. Obviously, wasn't there. But that's yeah. If you would have wanted, Doncaster East would have wanted to win a bit more comfortably, given how Doncaster. They're not the greatest. Si- they're not the greatest side now. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's dis- it, they they'll leave their they'll leave Shrams Reserve with their heads up. But would have expected to be better. Now, Ray, I, I know you hate crystal balling, but you've seen North Ringwood. We've seen Doncaster. I think Doncaster defensively they were okay. They, they did like they the ball was coming in all the time, so they did they did well in defending. I think there's a couple of little things they defended too deep. They may may needed to press up to stop the, the ball to the 35 meter lead up, but defensively they're okay. And their midfield it's got an arcus when Marn's not trying to throw blokes off the foot. He's a good player, you know. There's plenty of those guys. Their forward line like they, they every time they went forward there was no structure, there was no plan. It just looked like we'll get it forward and hopefully J Mark can grab it. North Ringwood on the other hand look like they're okay going forward, but not the other way. So no, no, when it no. comes down to it, what would you rather 
for a side that's going to be down the bottom of the ladder, what would you prefer? Well, I would prefer the guy that that, that, that get the ball in there, and, and North Ringwood did this a lot yesterday. And, and look, to their credit, North Ringwood, when they move the ball out of defence, they move it really quick, and mm. they're all young players. Now, the concern there is, are they going to be able to do it for the rest of the year with these young guys once you know, the, the grounds get a little bit heavier and you slow down a little bit? Yeah, no, look, I... I at fifty-fifty, Matt, you know, really, which way you go. But yeah. uh, I was impressed at times the way North yeah, they, did move the ball. One thing I'll give Robbie Nahas is he plays footy the way that people imagine it in their head. Oh, There's yeah. none of these moving chess pieces around. Yeah. Their big problem is they, all all their players are about the same size. They got mm. no they got no big standout guys, and that that's well, a and losing Billy Schilling to Montrose obviously obviously yeah, hurt well, that didn't right, he? Because yeah. he could fill gaps at either end of the yeah. ground. Let's jump down in Division Two. We'll ta- we'll start with the Parker Cup. Ryan, you were there. You were a man on the ground. Heathmont weekend forecast once again, Josh. We got these ones wrong. Yes. We all went Norwood and we all went Heathmont because this was it was the same sort of situation. Ringwood and Vermont have been the big wigs in Division Two and Premier respectively over the last few years. It was sort of a time they lost a few key players both sides. You know, they, it was they look like the same. Lost the key players. We expect them to fall back to the pack. Heathmont and Norwood were the two clubs that had shown signs, had picked up a few, and expected to rise up. They'd played each other in these same rounds. Everyone was thinking this is it for both those sides. Both of those sides got out to good starts, and the old the old champions came back like Ringwood did. Yeah, it was an interesting one, and I, th- I thought at halftime uh, it looked over. And you, I think you said something in the preseason about Heathmont just need to get a bit a bit nastier, and I, they were. I mean, they were, they were they were pressure was on, they were quite physical and in a good way, not stepping over the line. And it looked like they were going to run away with a real comfortable win, but um, it just just turned around, and they just once Ringwood started winning the centre clearances. Um, being able to get the inside 50s, Heathmont just had no answers at all. And that's probably the most disappointing thing in that in that second half uh, when Ringwood were coming and when they took the lead, I think they took the lead only eight minutes into the last quarter. So there's still plenty of time to turn things around. They just never looked like scoring and they, they were barely able to get the ball inside 50. But, you know, it was a really good win for Ringwood. A very handy win, and yeah, this weekend has sh- this weekend has shown that you never tip against the, you never tip against the champion in Ringwood and, and Vermont. They're two really impressive wins. It, what's most impressive? It, it it looked like they didn't score in that second quarter as well. The red the Redbacks they came back in, in the third and the and the in the second half. So a really a really handy win. Was it eight go- or seven it, of the last seven, nine? Yeah, it was at least seven or eight in the last in the second half. Um, I, I thought in the first half that was the first time. I think Ringwood would have gone. Gee, you know, we would really love to have Trent Farmer down forward because they just didn't look dangerous there. But uh, I like George up forward. Um, Cairns, yeah, I think you've got two of them. One, one down back was was just brilliant. Uh, I, I don't know how many. Uh, so Jaden won Jayden, the medal yeah. despite being named second best on the ground, and Nathan played up forward and kicked two goals. Yeah, so Nathan was good up forward, and and Jackson probably had that many intercept marks and sort of. Uh, Dictated the way the game was played in the in the second half, but um, look, and also Callanan, uh, Zach Callanan, I think also played at Bronia before he moved over to Ringwood. Um, he was dangerous up forward too, so they still have enough enough sort of targets. They're not tall, and that's probably the the criticism you have when you compare them to to a South Belgrave who have plenty of tall targets up forward, but they're going to be around the mark again. And this is for Lee Green's benefit, mate. So uh, Ringwood are holders of the Parker Cup, they Parker are. Family Cup. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he knows my thoughts on that. He won't go there. 
<laughs> no, no, it's a no. good win for them, isn't it, Ray? It because is. it's a good win, yes. And we is. talk about momentum. They're three and zero now, so a side yeah. that we were expecting to maybe drop yeah. off, yeah. Well, and, pre- they've pl- and they've played Heathmont good and the Basin, yeah. two yeah. good sides, yeah. and Mulgrave, who when we get to them have been impressive yeah. as well. And pre-season, everyone would have picked Ringwood to finish higher on the ladder than uh, Heathmont, Heathmont to finish yeah. higher on the ladder than Ringwood. That's for sure. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're they're proving right. proving yeah. us wrong, and, and yeah. it's just a testament to Brett Rowe. Yeah. You know, I think for years people have maybe said, "Oh, they've got the best players." Some, a, some people, some people might have said, oh, they've got the farmers, you know. Yeah. But now it's been three weeks without the farmers and with a few other players missing, and you've got to go, he is one of the best coaches. He, as I was going to say, that he's one of the best coaches going around. And defensively, he, he knows Structure, how to change yeah. his side around if they're losing and put them in a position where they win. The other thing interesting for, for another day would also be the fact that I suspect a lot of clubs in higher divisions and other leagues have probably come knocking. To, to Brett yeah. Rowe and I reckon he stayed true to Ringwood. Oh yeah, he's he's very loyal. Massive. Very yeah. loyal. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let, speaking of Mulgrave, they went down to East Burwood. So, the, East Burwood remain undefeated. But I, I'm taking from this game that Mulgrave are a lot better than maybe we gave them credit for because that's the second game in a row. So they've played Baronia, Ringwood, and East Burwood. All three sides are undefeated. Baronia obviously had a, a draw yesterday, but all three sides are undefeated. And every game Mulgrave have really tested them. They should have, from all reports, beaten Ringwood last week. They missed some crucial shots. And, and didn't take their opportunities. And then Josh yesterday, from again, another one where they've kicked in accurately early. Eventually, East Burwood kicked four goals late and got over the top of them. But I think Mulgrave hit the front in the last quarter. So once again, Ryan Webster's doing good things. They just haven't got reward for effort yet. He is. And they're, they're slowly starting to build now, I reckon, Mulgrave, despite their losses, including of their leading goal kicker. Speaking of goal kickers, Adam Berth, he's still got life in, in those leagues. But he's nearly as old as I am, Adam Berth. I think he's, <laughs> he's, been I a think great he's 39 or 40. He'd have to be. He's near Winston's be. age. Yeah, so but, around yeah. that mark, yeah. not a not a bad not a bad haul for him t- today. But for East Burwood as well, it was their spread of goal kickers as well. You know, Braden Barlow and Conan Agu they kicked three each. But they also they also had a couple uh, seven players who who were individual goal kickers, nine goal kickers on the day. So a, a really good spread of goal kickers, and it's it's a handy win for East Burwood. It's probably about the hardest sort of. Uh, start to the season on a on a fixture wise, you know they've still got Heathmont and South Belgrave in the next two. Is that Mulgrave? Yeah, Mulgrave. Yes. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. before they get a chance to once they play Knox, uh, Oakley District, up uh, Templestowe, they're the sort of games that I think you know you'd, you'd look at them as, as so real chances. So they to could they start could winning. conceivably be zero and five, despite probably being one of yeah. the most impressive yeah, yeah. sides in the division. Well, 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 they've got to snare a bit. They've got to take a scalp and out of one of those yeah. coming yeah. up games. But from yeah. all report, like today, oh sorry, yesterday and the Ringwood game, they'll be one where Ryan Webster will look back in a couple of weeks and go, yeah. We, we, we needed to win one of those. Although Heathmont obviously a lesser side than Ringwood Race, so maybe they will turn them over. But yeah, yeah. I think, again, well done to East Burwood. I, they haven't... Who have they played so far, though? They played Knox, Templestowe, who they belted, and maybe uh, just a better side than Templestowe. You know, we picked up a lot of players. Maybe we over overvalued them in terms of their, their impact. And then Mulgrave. So I... Jury's still a little bit out on his belt. I expected them to win these sort of games. Maybe not the Templestowe one, but I thought they'd beat Mulgrave. I thought they'd beat Knox. When they play, a Bar- I think, is it Baronia next week? They've got Baronia. Then yeah. they've got yeah. Oakley, but then after that, before we head to the turn, they've got, they'll have their, their tough run, and it'll be interesting to see how they are going at the turn because yeah. the battle for fifth in this division looks like it is going to open up a little bit, although Baronia have improved. because, But the Basin, though, for all their effort and all their hype, have, have started poorly, Ray. They've yet to win a game. They got a draw yesterday. Inaccurate goal kick, six behinds in the third quarter, nine thirteen to ten seven. So six seven points apiece, but you know, six extra scoring shots all in that third quarter. If you if you want to break it down like that, Justin Stanton, it, the poor the poor bugger, all this work and now they're they're two points after three games. 
Yeah, look, it, 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 I scratched my head when I look at this result because, you know, look, uh, I, I thought, I, I honestly thought Baronia would have won this game easy, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know whether you guys agree with me, but uh, look, uh, the Basin, yeah, look, uh, well, they've got some work to do, that's for sure. We, uh, they put themselves in a position now where they have to win. They have to win two or three on the trot to get back into the mix. That's the thing, Ryan, about the, the fixture thing, and like I've been talking about, that the Basin have had three tough games to start. Yeah, so no yeah. one's going, oh, I'll throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, no. But they, because they haven't pinched any of them, there's pressure on them now that they go in. I don't know who, I don't, I'm not sure exactly who the Basin have next week. No, they got South Melgrave. So they're probably going to be two points after yeah. four games, yeah. and then you go into a game against an East Build, or I don't know who they're playing in round five, and you get a bit anxious because yeah. a game that on paper you should be comfortably. You have to win, because yeah, or else, it's, win. Or else yeah, it's panic yeah. stations. Well, it, yeah. It's it's going to come back to that. That one against Ringwood is just mm. it, four points. Is just just they threw away. They really shouldn't have lost that. Um, from all reports, they, it could have gone either way yesterday. So it was a bit of a momentum game. Both sides looked good at at certain periods. Um, Jackson Drake was quite impressive um, for the Basin, and he kicked three on on Lakey, uh, who's who's done a really good job, especially last year. Uh, played on Tim Smith, a few others and kept them quite quiet. So um, I think that's probably been a criticism that the Basin don't have much height up forward. They don't have too many targets, and they're, they're quite a strong defensive side, but maybe they don't have the offensive targets. But um, if he can perform like that on a weekly basis, that's pretty good. Uh, and Fairchild for uh, the Hawks was also pretty good. Uh, Anzac Day medal yesterday. Um, yeah. One player who has started off well for the Bays and Jaden Gumas, he was named in the best again for for the Bears. So he's gone off to a great to, the, to a, a great start to life in life at Batterham. Yeah, one of their one of their key recruits, and I guess that's the thing as well that sometimes having a host of recruits, they had five or six from Garfield. So Gumas has walked straight in, Rennie, and, and then Michael Wallace. I think that was his first game. Now he played last week as well, coming off the back of a Premier Cricket final. The good players, but they take a time to gel, Ray. Yeah, just going back to what you said just before, Maddie, that you know the Basin could find themselves in a position where they have to win a game. Do you feel, I do, do you feel that the Basin, they were a side that if they're put in that position, they can certainly win those oh, games? Oh, yeah, I've got the Basin, I, finishing, I they, se- I had the Basin yeah. finishing second. After yeah. last year where they were the second best team, and then yeah. they added players to yeah, their yeah. list, and yeah. then I thought yeah. that yeah. Ringwood dropped off. I still think South yeah. Belgrade yeah. will be far and away. Yeah. That's what I mean by these fixes. They would have looked at it, and all coaches would have said, "You know, this is a great start because if we can, you know, come away from it at least two and two, it'll be great." But I'm throwing the back of Justin Stanton's head. He'd be oh, like, "Couldn't oh, yeah. we just have Oakley fourth? Like, <laughs> do we just want to win?" But yeah, just look, to get a win. Because yeah. on the other hand, of it, Baronia, I looked at their their fixture list. You know, they've had a couple of games to start off with Oakley District and Mulgrave that did give them to win, but it got some momentum going. Because yeah. I think if they played this game round one. The Basin probably should have won, but Baroni have got a yeah. bit of confidence yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, and yeah. and Hallow back to back yeah, to his best no, form apparently. From yeah, we, was, I still think he was carrying an injury in round one. Yeah, he's a bit quiet when we watched him, but um, he's a good to be back. Yeah, he's a gun. And when we talk about his old junior club, Venture Gully, after the next break, the, um, that'll be another discussion point. But the last couple of games in this division sort of went to script, didn't they? You know, Temple started, they started well against South Belgrave. I think they were in front at half time, but South Belgrave in the end, twenty nine scoring shots to nine. So. You know, what was it, 5-3 to 3-4 at, at half-time, Josh, and then South Belgrave did as they do. Um, Tim Smith, it looks like, still in, still best on ground despite going goalless. So that's three best on ground for Tim Smith in a row. They might be trying him in other places because they've got Odomat, they've got Sam Brown, they've got Damien Garner. Taylor hasn't played yet. They've no. got Mitch. No. They've got plenty of options, Josh, so maybe <laughs> yeah. Tim's playing on a wing. They have too many options to South <laughs> Belgrave. But the disappointing thing about the f- four Temple State, they kicked all five of their goals in the first quarter, so... 
That's a pretty dismal yeah, effort yeah. from from the Dockers. Yeah, if you're Anthony McGregor at quarter time, Ray, you're thinking, look at this. Where's this come <laughs> from? This? And, yeah, and then right. and then came crashing back to earth. And and to be honest, you look at that third term where it's three goals nine to to nothing. South Belgrave could easily like Doncaster Reese mm. yesterday. Really put the, put the opposition to the sword. Yeah, I I think that. I, I, I'm penciled them in. South Belgrave will play in the grand final. I'm oh, prepared no, to yeah. say that oh, at this stage. I'm with yeah. you. I, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. I think all They're going to get yeah. better. Mm-hmm. No they, person. No person in all Division Two, even speaking to clubs, they obviously don't say it like that. But everyone's talking about South Belgrave. Exactly. And obviously, you know, we can discuss maybe at a, la- a later date on a, on a different podcast. You know, the means and how they've got there. But you you got to. You got to just say well done to them because they've, they've stepped up the divisions. They yeah, saw yeah. what they needed to address last year. Yeah, you know they picked up Sonzi and he's gone straight to the reserves. Yeah. I don't think he's played yet from Scoresby. <laughs> I'm sure Scoresby would like him back. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be interesting. They went like Heathmont pushed them the three quarter time, and yeah. then it'll be interesting when they play the Basin when yeah. they play Ringwood. But so far, that's going yeah. to script for them. And then the final game, Oak District and Knox. I think the districts they were thinking about maybe pinching their first win at a stage there, but that that was a massive day for Knox because. They had to get some joy back into their footy rate. You know, it, they'd been belted from pillar to post they in the had, opening yeah. two rounds against, what was it, East Burwood, and then I think, was it, I can't remember, they played in round two, South Belgrade. Yep. You know, they would have yeah. been would have been a, a long run at training as the rain poured down in early on this week. But they've got to win, reset, go again. Yeah, and, and credit goes to Oakley Districts too. You know, they've kicked nine goals, seven. That You know, they, they haven't really been blown out of the water. Like, oh, it was just you know, the last quarter, wasn't it, really? That's right, yeah, I know. So, so look, credit to them. Look, they, they'll get better as the season goes on. Let's hope that they can scare mm. a win or two, you know, as, towards the end of the season. But, uh, look, it's been a, a baptism of fire for them. That's certainly coming in from the Southern Footy League. Oh, absolutely. A big, a big step up. And that's just, yeah. unfortunately, the way the cookies crumble for them in the long run, though. I think they'll be better for it. But, yeah, Knox get their first win of the year. So they'll, they'll jump off the bottom of the ladder. So at the moment, Oakley District at bottom. And then Mulgrave, like I said, despite probably being one of the most impressive sides, sits second last. And it's East Burwood um, and Ringwood out on top, undefeated. We're going to go to another break here on the uh, Eastland Monday recovery. And on the other side of it, we'll talk about Div 3 and Div 4 and what the hell is going on at Ferntree Gully. And uh, O'Regan... Just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Marco Regan. He puts through. Okay, bursting through. Burns off one, kicks around the corner. Kick. I think he's off target, though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's yeah. a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left-hand side. That just can't get the angle of the dangle right. <laughs> the angle of the dangle. <laughs> Inventing words today, uh, Brad. Angle of the dangle, right. 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 <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Inventing words today. Wayne Brasher there in his best form and, and he was in good form yesterday as well as we jump into Division 3 and 4 here on the Monday Recovery. Straight to Central Reserve where Glen Waverley got their first win of the year by a goal over Ferntree Gully. We don't unfortunately have um, any real sort of information on that game other than the fact that Ferntree Gully did lose by six points. So let's just open it to a little bit of a discussion. Glen Waverley, quickly on them. Good win. We knew that they'll probably take some time to gel, but they got the win with all their new players. It'll be relief for Brett Gatehouse. Monkey off the back. Um, they can reset and maybe go about whatever their ambitions were. So well done to them. But Furniture Gully, let's talk about it. Ryan, Josh, what's going on? 
because I had him finishing fourth this year. Luke McComb come in. Jack Flannery from Narry Warren, good player. You know, Narry Warren are a good, strong club. He's played some senior footy there. You know, the Fair Park game, we gave it a pass. Local rivalry under lights can happen. Fair Park have improved, and as the season's going on, looks like not the worst loss. Lost to Waverley Blues on Good Friday. Again, you'll cop it, but accurate kicking made it look better for, for Furniture Gully. And then yesterday... Seven goals, six to seven, twelve. They lost to Glenway. But what is going? They're zero three now. We talk about you know not panicking at the base. And yeah. if I'm Fitch Gully, I'm slapping the red button. Panic. Well, they, and they haven't really. It's a pretty similar side. They haven't lost too many players, have they? Over the off season, they obviously they I bring don't him. Think a, so they bring him a co. Um, I think was it uh, Corey Tucky's gone to Nutter Wadding, but I don't think he was in their first twenty-two. Yeah, no, and I, I just, um, Wayne McInerney went back. Yeah, yeah, which which maybe that's a. But they've picked up Flannery, so for me, they've picked up Flannery. It's a lot, and he's life. not the same as McInerney in terms of talent, but he fills the same role. And they've added Luke McCone. Yeah, I, like I don't think that I don't think it's a personnel thing. I like surely all these teams haven't gone past them. No, I, well, I don't think so. I think you know we looked at some sides last year, like a one turner south who just had a, a real slow start and a bit of a slump. They were zero and three before they started get, started to get going. But yeah, but when he said didn't lose to Upper Gully, and no, Lord, these are these are games you would just pencil in for for wins. I mean, Glen Waverley probably struggled. We looked at them as maybe a side that could be in big trouble for a relegation um, with the two sides going down. So, I mean, to lose to them, to lose to Fair Park, they're in. They're in a bit of strife. It's just danger signs for Furniture Gully. You you lose two games against sides that a side that wasn't expected to to, to potentially even be a relegation candidate, but they've shown a, something these first couple of weeks. And a decent side in Waverley Blues and a side that were bullish on their chances this year. It's it's not that it's very dangerous and it's been their goal kicking as well. They've had a couple of goal kickers, but their leading goal kicker, leading goal kicker, Gavin Calasperis, has only kicked four this year, so they need to find a goal kicker somewhere. Yeah, maybe plus one or two yesterday, obviously, with no scores in. But yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Ray, you might have some, some people down at French Gully, not much, but what's going on? I don't really know. I'm, I'm as bewildered as what you guys are. The, the, the big question I had is the big Ruckman D'Alessio still playing? Yeah, so Daniel D'Alessio is still playing. Okay, so Sean would, Curry's still playing. So you would think that with D'Alessio, SEO there, they, they should be getting the ball out of the centre for us. And well, and he's one of those players, because he's not a big leaper, he's sort of a, a, an extra midfielder too. Luke McCombs apparently still playing good footy. Like yeah. he, he was a good player for Vermont. Like yeah. He should... Yeah. He's. I think you'd be comfortable in saying he's the best player in that division. Yeah. Like, I just... It's like... It, like I said, Ryan, it's, yeah. it's panicking, and I don't know what. what who have they is got it a next? Game stop? They've uh, got Warrandot next. We, we've yeah. we've got that in as the match of the round, and at the start of the year, that was going to be a great game. We're yeah. going to stick to our guns because I'm going to back them in, but. Warrandot or another club that you know got out of jail yesterday. We'll talk about them in a sec. But Furnchigelli, what's what's the next few games? They're zero and three, and they've got who left? Well, they've got Warrandot uh, obviously next week, and then they go play Scoresby in Scoresby, and Scoresby have improved a little bit this year. Uh, and then they've got Waverley Blues again. Is that right, Waverley Blues? Yeah, because yeah, that's quick. Yeah, because oh, okay. the Good Friday game yeah, okay. was and then, <laughs> and then so it could be. Yeah. So they could be zero and six. Or add Don Val to actually, that after as well. So that it's not a not an easy run. Well, this was probably their. They're easy blocker games. You, so, because Scoresby beat Glen Waverley. Yeah, they beat. Yes. I was saw that game. I saw this. Well, let's say last yeah. three quarters of that game, and then but Glen Waverley were four goals up at half time mm. in that game, and then I kicked only kicked one goal after half time. So, so Scoresby are on paper and on the result better than Glen Waverley. So all of a sudden they we go in the Furniture Gala game. We can get these blokes, and then they got Waverley Blues. Did you say pretty soon Wa- after yeah, that? Yeah, and then Don Val 
right the, after. The only thing I'll oh. say in Glen Waverley's favour that day was that, OK, it, it was their first game with this big influx of, of players mm. into, into the side and it was a terrible wet day yeah. where you couldn't mm. really read much. You know, maybe on the dry day they could be a lot better. But, yeah. uh, look, uh, you don't really know what's... What's going on there? I'm scratching my head yeah. as much so, as fir- So, look, again, we don't like to crystal ball too much. So, Furniture go 0-3 at the moment. They play Warrandyte. You would say Warrandyte are favourites. They play Scoresby. Then they play Wavy Blues again and Donvale. If they don't win the Scoresby game, they are 0-7. Yeah. And two teams yeah. go down this year. And I know we don't like crystal balling too much. You well, gotta I, think I, I'm not going to be so pessimistic about you guys. I, I think I think they've got a chance of beating Warrandyte. Oh, so week. do I, because yeah. we'll talk about Warrandyte. Yeah. They haven't set the world on fire. At home against Warrandyte, and and look, they know that. But there's, there's, a, there's so much them. pressure on it now. There's no, there's acid on them at the moment, and maybe that's all they need is you know for, for us to come out and and you know say what we've said about them. And uh, now I, I think they're 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 a fifty fifty chance of beating Warrandyte. I Mouth guards at training, right? Pardon? Mouth guards at training, you reckon? Yeah, Get yeah. the tackle bags out. <laughs> and maybe, you're right, because maybe this is what they need. Maybe they that's need right. to have a good other Because look they're go. a better side than what they're performing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I had yeah. them finishing third or fourth. And like last year, we watched them against Donvale where they lost by a kick when they probably should have won. Yeah. And there was another game earlier on the year in a similar situation. They actually would have been minor premier and in another world gone up and been in Div 2. Like yeah. two games. Yeah. And now you look at like like yeah this and this division has tightened up maybe you know Fair Park have improved scores be looked to be not as um, poor as we maybe no. thought they would Glen Whaley uh, have obviously got some new players in Coldstream have fitted right in it's it's another division where you, a lot of games are going to be decided by the toss of a coin and, and one that was really close was Warrandyte and Donvale and the Bloods they got lucky because they kicked inaccurately they were five ten at three quarter time and then kicked five goals four in the last to to knock off uh, the Vales in the end by eight points. Nick Murphy, just a little shout-out for him. I think that's 18 goals in three weeks. He kicked another bag of six, so he's got three, nine, and six. So he's 15. clearly the standout player. 15 in his last week, two weeks. Yeah, too. 15 in his last two hit-outs. But, but Ray Warrandyte, two and one, doing enough. And I know for a fact that they've got a lot of plays in and out each week, so they haven't been able to put their best 22 on the park two weeks in a row. So two and one's not too bad. Two and one's going okay. That's okay. And as you said, they, they've got a very good forward line. If they you know, get the ball inside fifty enough, they're going to win most games. You know that's right. But uh, no, I, I I think they'd be happy with two and one. And they've knocked off two two of the best sides of the league, Waverley Blues and, and Donvale. So and and that win yesterday. I know there's a great rivalry going on between Donvale and Warrandyte that's built over the last couple mm. of seasons. So that they, they'd get a lot out. Would of you consider them that. sort of neighbours? Is there a bit of a lo- oh yeah yeah they're neighbours. Yeah, they're close enough to be neighbours. Yeah, absolutely. Jake Moss. So he's a recruit from North Ring with best on ground. So that's that's good signs from from him. Uh, player dropping down to divisions had a couple of hitouts and then Tom Grimes was in their best players as well. So yeah, Warrandyte two and one, and they've already played the Wavy Blues. And Don Vale, as you said there, and obviously they lost to Coldstream, who at Coldstream are going to be hard to beat. So, so going okay, Warrandyte without hitting their straps. For Don Vale, Josh, uh, a big win over Scoresby, uh, bookended by two losses to Whitehorse and Warrandyte, both of those close. Kevin Collins won't be, you know, panicking or, you know, worried, but they'd be a little bit of worried that, you know, Nick, Nick Murphy's kicked 15 goals in three weeks and they're only one and two. I think if you'd said at the start of the year, Nick Murphy's going to kick 15 in three weeks, they're yeah. three and oh. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. It's good to see him kicking kicking goals once again. It's been a terrific couple of weeks for him, but yeah, it's they need to find an alternative goal kicker. They've got uh, these next couple of weeks. They've got a reason a reasonable fixture. Fair Fair Park and Glen Waverley, both of those are at home. They've got the bye in between those games, and then Ferntree Gully out at Wally too. So that they'll take a bit of confidence because they got close against a side many expected to be the benchmark of division of third division. So yeah. 
Yeah, they'll be favourites for all three of those games. They'll be favourites for them, but as we've seen, Fair Park are a better side than we thought, yeah. and so are Glen Waverley. Speaking of Fair Park, they played a night game against the Waverley Blues uh, and, and, and pushed them for a little bit there, but Waverley Blues once again peppered the goals. They have a lot of shots. So that's 28 shots this week. I can't remember how many they had last week, and they had a bloody lot of them. I think they had 9-15 or something in round one against um, 9-13 against Warrandyte. So they, they have a lot of shots, Ryan, in the Wavy Blues. One day they're going to kick straight, and they're going to pile up 200 against someone. Yep. So they play good footy, but Fair Park will take take some solace out of this. Now, they've played three games, and it's not a flash in the pan. No, no, it, no it's not. No. Sorry, Ray. Uh, uh, yeah, go, you go for it. Yeah, no, no. Look, they're a far better side than probably what we predicted at the start of the year, and to get within, I think we said yesterday, if the, you get within five or six goals of a Waverley Blues, mm. you'd take that. And and it's only, obviously, scoring shots, they probably could have piled that on a, a bit more. But, but you know, that's just sort of the way they play their uh, high, uh, very fast, high-attacking high sort of game style. Seven different goal kickers as well for Waverley Blues. You know, Mac Perry kicked four. He's been yeah, well, Perry, Perry's missed. Yeah. So he's played three games as well and kicked, um, what was it? He's kicked, I think, something like sixteen as well. Yeah. I think he's got another one, another couple of hall in there as well. I'm pretty sure he's kicked five, five and four, or something like that. Yeah. So, so he's an impressive player. Then they added Josh Williamson to that forward line, who's come across from Lorimar with and, and the Tassie State League with a lot of goals. Ray, but fair, fair, from a Fair Park point of view, it, they'd be over the moon. Oh, they'd be happy. They're, yeah, they'd be very, very happy the way they're going. Look, I don't think that they, they realistically, they know they're not going to, you know, win the premiership. But they're banking division. wins but, early. But they're very competitive, and that's that's where you start it all from. Absolutely, and like we said, and I know I've been harping on about this, but you know, I know the fixtures are even by nature, but. Fair Park have banked a couple of wins. They've created some breathing room. They're not constantly scratching and yeah, pushing away no. relegation. They've, they've no. got some time now to actually work on their game and, and see if they can keep taking it to the next level. So well done to them and the Wave of the Blues. I think they'll be on top of the ladder purely because they've played the extra game at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I think no one else is now with Fair Park's loss. There's, everyone's had a loss pretty much in that in that division uh, because the Whitehorse Pioneers knocked off Coldstream at home. In a pretty seesawing battle, Coldy came home late and kicked um, three goals to one in the last quarter, but it was one goal five. Ended up losing by 20 points. Uh, Daniel Horvat kicked five. So again, we talk about you know, and Doncaster spoke about not being you know one player centric yesterday. For years, Whitehorse have been Padbury or Bus going forward. Ray, now they're they're finding goal kickers all around the ground. Some pretty good signs. Two games at home, two wins against pretty good opposition. So Duncan Jones's boys will be pretty happy. Yeah, well, one of my favourite sides over the years, if you ask BWS. But yeah. <laughs> no, but no, look, I, I like the way they go about their football, and and that's a big win. But I, I got a question for you: Did Darcy Carrigan play for Coldstream? Because I couldn't uh, see his name anywhere. Because if he's out, that's a huge. He's out. right, Danny. So he's, he's named on the team sheet, but. But from all, for him didn't not look to like be, impact. For him not to be mentioned in the goal kickers or best players, you know, either it's done a, a white horse had done their work on him or not. But for me, he's the, he's the prime mover at that Coldstream, the way he plays his football. Yeah, absolutely. And like like you said, that doesn't maybe get the, the name in yeah. lights as much as some of his other teammates. But but Ryan, we spoke to Duncan Jones way back on the first yeah. Monday recovery, and he spoke in detail about that. Obviously, last year he came in with six weeks to go and and so on. And he's got, from all reports, a pretty high-end game plan in his head, which, you know, sometimes you might think maybe a bit too much for a Division Three club, but it, it's paying dividends because they went from last year where they were second bottom or, yeah. or alike to now all of a sudden two and one, and they've had a fairly tough run. Look, yeah, I mean, they've talked to... that He was confident, obviously, coming into the season, and you know, he's, so far he's been proven right, and they've been two sides that I think are, are pretty quality sides. I think Coldstream are uh, a, a contender for a final spot, maybe, um, and Donvale's obviously obviously going to be right up there so just to be able to have 
you know, Pavery didn't even kick a goal, I don't think, yesterday. And I don't you think have, he played. I think he was in. Oh, he didn't play. Well, well, there you go. But to kick, have uh, six or seven other players mm. stand up. And he talked about they've brought in a few under-19s as well coming up that have... I think have all of that's one of them. To, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, a good sign for the future and where this where they could be going in the next couple of years. And this division, like I said, all divisions, we talk about Premier Division's obviously tightening up. Division 1's definitely going to be tight, always is. Division is another one now. Yeah, Fair yeah. Park were the easy beat last year. They're no longer an no, easy beat. No, no. And, and like we said, you know, Warrandyte haven't been able to put their best team on the park. So with the top four, it's going to be very tight coming in the year. So Whitehorse, you know, Duncan Jones said to me they, they expect top two or they should finish top two. I still think that's a little bit of a far reach, but reach for the stars and you might fall somewhere on the moon and, well, and the right, moon might yeah. be fourth. So well done to them and I think, yeah, already, like I said, I think every team in that division's had a loss. Yes, yeah. Yep, well, yes. well, if he comes out and says, you know, we're going to finish top two, that certainly you know, gets his players thinking, well, you know, the coach has mm. made these comments. And, it's so, a, and yeah. some people can like the benefit of the way you think about that's yourselves right. because yeah. sometimes a club can have underdog into their mantra and, and yeah. it comes out on the field. Yes. You know, yeah, whereas sometimes you do have to start thinking about yourselves as yeah, a final yeah, side, yeah. even if you might not be there. Yeah. As we go down into Division 4 and, and Sylvan flex their muscle. And you wanted to speak about Justin Fickerly Ray, so I'll give you a chance. Yes. You know, the strawberry farmer. He's a ripping, ripping fellow. I was about to say young fellow. He's a couple of years older than me. <laughs> but he's still a young fellow in all the context of it. Five goals. Um, he was one of their recruits. I think he's gone down to do a bit of coaching as well. I'm a bit worried that Sylvan, though, they had 39 scoring shots to 17 against their closest rivals on the ladder. Could they be developing into another cold string? Oh, they certainly could, that's that's for sure. But just on Justin Ficarelli, mate, uh, I'm glad you said his agent because on our last full season before COVID, I mentioned that he was one of the most experienced players and he was one of the older players. Over 300 goals. Did he goals. get stuck into me over that? You know? <laughs> he so gets, he'll be listening know, too, mate. Don't look, stress. All in all, he's, he's a great player. Look, Lee Kimpton's another one, you know, four goals to Lee Kimpton as well. And, and you spoke about, uh, you know, uh, Whitehorse, you know, spreading their goal kickers around. We'll have a look at Sylvan's goal kickers. You know, I think nearly everyone on the field kicked the goal there. <laughs> but 18-21, Josh, we watched Turnside Park. They were yes. bullish. They were happy with their win over Surrey Park. But we watched those two sides kick, what was it, 17 goals between them. And Sylvan had 39 shots. So, I, I, like I said, I'm a bit worried that they might be there might be a big gap between them yeah. and the rest. I'm yeah. a bit worried too. This is next weekend. We'll show if there's a big gap because they've got Surrey Park. It's out at Sylvan, but... I think Surrey Park will be their, their true challenges. It's disappointing for Transside. They would have come into this game with a bit of hope, especially after they defeated them two times, both games last year. But, yeah, um, Aaron Bird as well continued his decent form with two goals. Um, but, yeah, that spread of goal kick is, is just so lethal. It's, uh, I think that that's going to give Sil- Sylvan the edge this year. Absolutely. So that, they, they'll probably sit on top of the ladder with their percentage. Nutterwadding and Kilsoth was an interesting game because we've spoken about countless times that Kilsoth in their first two rounds, they played Surrey Park and Forest Hill. Surrey Park, they were with them all the way till three-quarter time. And against Forest Hill, they were in front in midway through the last quarter before Forest Hill piled on the last four or five to win. So I think going in, I had Kilsoth winning this very easily. So if, I think it's a positive, if I talk about Sylvan breaking away at the top of the league, Ryan, it looks like the bottom three sides have closed the gap on the rest, though, because, you know, like I said, Croydon North beat Nutterwadding. Nutterwadding have almost got Kilsyth, but, you know, 22 points to margin in the end. A good game of footy, 115 plays 93. And Kilsyth got close to Forest Hill last week, which is good signs. Yeah. Well, I think the the positive thing when you look at Division 4, I don't think besides, I think, Croydon North and Sylvan, so there hasn't been really a, a big blowout at all. So And even then, it was probably better than what it's been in the last couple of years. So clearly it's evened up, and Nutterwadding's... Uh, 
you know, got, got within the goal, I think, last week against Croydon North. So it, it, it's that that bottom three, I think, it, any any of the three could beat beat one another and they, they'll push sides like Forest Hill and potentially even Surrey Park, who, who have probably a big and, injury, and, and, lost and a lot of players. And too, like I said. Yeah. The one thing about Churnside was they'd probably... They don't have that like killer instinct that Silver have in front of goal. No. So, like Ray, none of what in kill South Korea North. On, like I said, I don't think they'll break into finals any of them, but I think they have closed the gap. Oh, they certainly have cl- closed the gap, particularly Croydon uh, North and Nutter Wadding. I think what they've done over the over the COVID period, uh, they've gone out and they've got players to their club. And uh, and we're, look, let's take nothing away. Croydon North, when they come into the competition, they know it was going to be a five year plan. You know, they to be uh, competitive even in that division, and they got they got smashed in their first two years. Let's face that. But now now and even Nutter Wadding, yeah, they've improved. They've kicked fourteen goals now. They went through games there three. Seasons ago, where they they probably if they kicked two even goals against for the a game, it was a big bonus, you know. So they've certainly done all their homework. And Kilsyth, look out of those three sides to me, Kilsyth's probably the aging side out of the three of them. They're yeah, they have. So I think they've realised that too because they went out over the summer and recruited some guys from under 19s. Yes. So in North, I think there's McKinley Aitens, one of those. There's a couple yeah. from North Ringwood that they recruited some youngsters because they knew that, yeah, yeah. you know, they needed to regenerate. And what it's done, what it's done with these three sides now, they, they've got their own little battle between the three of them at the bottom of the ladder. Now, that's given interest to Division 4 at the bottom of the ladder because, as I said, in, in past years, you know, the bottom of Division 4 ladder was nearly non-existent, you know. Yeah, it- They'll take a lot out of this, I reckon, not a wanting, because, yeah, I would have expected Killsite to either, even win by maybe 30 or 40 odd points. But they were in a fir- I think it was just that third term where where they conceded the fo- where they conceded the four goals and, and only kicked the one, two goals themselves. So, but yeah, they'll nine, take nine goals to six after half time. So, yeah. yeah, a bit disappointing for them. And Ryan Goodenson kicked nine for Killsite. I know he'll, he'll want to shout out. Not often he <laughs> kick nine and, and, a, and are a last thought. But, yeah, I agree with you, Josh, that. Not a wadding, you know, they'll be, like I said, they would have really hoped to win this game, but after the first fortnight, I think a lot of us rated Kilsyth a lot more highly than Nutter Wadding, so yeah, yeah. A, a really impressive performance from them as we turn our attention to the last game on the docket, Josh, I know you're angry with me about this, Surrey Park, 9-15 <laughs> against Forest Hill, so 31, uh, sorry, not 31 scoring shots, 24 scoring shots, um, but 16 scoring shots to four after half time for Surrey Park. So really, again, it looks like another case of a missed opportunity of getting some percentage back and, and boosting that. But for Forest Hill, gentlemen, what you know, they, they recruited all these players, uh, but they recruited them from Yay, a club that hadn't, I think, had won a handful of games in the last two or three years. I just, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to go a lot better for us still, but so far these opening three weeks they've really failed to get a shot away, Ray. Well, look, at this stage of the year, to me, they're probably the most disappointing in, out of all divisions for us still, the way they travel. I expected, like most of you guys, that they would have been a lot better this year, but I don't know. We talk about maybe there's, you know, something wrong at Fernie Gully. Well, I, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Forest Hill as well because, uh, you know, they, they seem to have their, off the field, they seem to be okay. But they're not performing the way that you would expect them. Yeah, this it, this game was a bit similar as well to when we saw them last, last year. year. It was a bit scrappy, but yeah, from what, from what I heard and what I'm seeing, the, they ran away with it in the final quarter. Did sorry, they kicked five, five goals, fives, and only conceded the two points. Uh, but yeah, this is this is disappointing for Forest Hill. They're, I think they're gonna. I think out of those top four sides, they're probably the the fourth best side a uh, couple of the Surrey debutants Nick Cannon 
uh, and Jacob Woodford, they had pretty good games from all yeah, reports well, as well. Well, Nick Hand started three goals. But, yeah. but yeah, I think for Surrey, Surrey Park, they'll be disappointed they didn't get a bigger win. And, yeah, for Forest Hill, they won and two, but that win was against the Killside side. Many expected them to win quite handily against Ryan. So, yeah, it's, it's something Killside could have won that. They were well, exactly. It was, yeah. I think, like I said, it was, yeah. I think Jake Rowe kicked three goals or something in the last quarter. He kicked seven. So I don't, I don't know if he ran out yesterday um, there for, for Forest Hill. So a bit of danger signs for them. But, look, they should still make finals. Such, unfortunately, is the make-up of Division 4. Yep. Um, but, you know, like I said, those sides have improved those bottom three. So they might be yeah. nipping at their heels. Uh, gentlemen? Great edition of the Monday recovery or the Tuesday recovery for this week. Ray, what did you think of the, the, the new digs? This is your first time in the in Yeah, the no, studio? very good. I, I like the concept. The, the only thing that I, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people my age group, you know, they still like to have uh, the scores after the game on a Saturday afternoon. Oh. But, of course, we, we can't do that anymore unless you go, you know, onto, onto your phone and that Yeah, but don't, don't worry, Ray. We're going to have a, a, someone in the score centre every week. So we'll be oh, pumping that, scores good. out that's during good. the game. That's good. And then once again, I'll just put it out there to the Roval people. I'm not the person who <laughs> to finish on the bottom, boys. It's not me either. <laughs> oh, look at Ryan throwing Josh under the bus. I might, I might have to swap Roval and Doncaster. Well, <laughs> we, can re- we can reassess it halfway. Thanks oh, once not, again. I'm not going to say we're going to finish no. up top. But They're not, not going to finish, finish on the bottom. Uh, gentlemen, thank you once again. Uh, it's been the Monday Recovery. Listen out for female footy focus during the week to get all your women's action, and we'll see you at the footy. The most important sentence clearance of the afternoon. So Haig won it down. Wignall got it. Can he get a handball away? He's going to burst away. He's going to run to 50. Low ball to the top of the goal square. McCormack! Oh, no. He put it in! Oh, he no. put it in! Oh, Wignall. He got through the Acosta Harvey tackle. Oh, no. Took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. He started the day with an almost hanger. Kick the check side for right in front of us. Billy, he can make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh.